sir. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the California Penal League podcast. We, I can't speak for everybody on this episode, but I am juiced up. I am full of the juice, boys, because... I have had so many bottles of champagne, just endless Oof. partying over here. It's, it's Chris, been... Yeah, Chris's room, from what I can see, is tarped up, and it seems like that'll be the case for quite some time. And it's, 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 it's exciting, baby. It's it's been get, it's getting sticky and and it's because of all the champagne that's on the oh. on the tarp. We swear. Oh, okay. we swear. We swear. Oh yeah, right. Yes. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> well, your Cleveland Guardians, your Cleveland Guardians are believe it or not, one of the more active teams in you in this uh off season and I know that we've all been burned before by being told that that could be the case where it's like, "Hey, they're in on some guys." or they're uh, thinking about it, the Guardians have gone out and actually gotten busy. Um, we yeah, got a lot to have. talk about, but the e- oh, the <laughs> easiest one, and the best thing to get into, right off the rip, is the Guardians went into this offseason with a very clear need for a right-handed power bat at first base, and they literally went out and did Exactly that, where they got a right-handed power bat at first base in Josh Bell. Well, uh, a name that we've talked about many times on this podcast. All right, but Steve, in, in devotion to accuracy, Josh Bell is a switch hitter. That is true. I did not. Th- I did not mention that quite yet. Um, that is a great point, and also gives the Guardians some ridiculous flexibility in the lineup because now you can have Josh Bell in the lineup every single day. Regardless, because his splits are pretty good. His across. splits are, 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 I thought, pretty even from what I remember yeah. seeing. Yeah. So I guess the here's the here's the first question then for you guys. How how do you feel about the deal? It's a two year deal for like thirty three million with a player opt out after one year. Where are your guy where are you guys at on the Bell deal? I I like it. I it, you know it's not an overcommitment. Uh, he's still really young. Um, I think. Chris in one of the episodes, you and me, and I think all three of us were in like the two year, 30 to $36 million range. And sounds about right. Yeah. Like I, I I don't think they over, they overpaid. Um, And he was like one of the key targets we were going for. And I'm just like super thrilled. We got him because like you said, we can do so many, you can have Gonzalez, Naylor, Bell all playing. You can give one of them a rest, and one of and you can play two of them. Like you have so much more flexibility now with the lineup, um, and it's just that much needed, that much needed bat that's going to help um, in in a spot in the like in the probably in the cleanup spot where like it was Naylor was struggling by the end of the year, and you know Gonzalez was a rookie, so now it's like you can't really hide around anything now with with the lineup. So it's a pretty exciting move. Yeah, and, and Fabs, you said something perfectly because um, I, I put together a, a potential lineup, and I thought Bell slid in so nicely at that at that cleanup spot. Um, and and you, you touched on everything I wanted to mention as him as a player. The deal is perfect 
uh, and then it's you know a two year deal with the player opt out after the first year. And why that's really important. Actually, both of these deals. This this kind of does apply to both of these deals. Both of these signings are just to augment and give some of these younger prospects time to get to the big leagues. And we we really haven't done anything like this, you know, that I can remember. You know, signings, free agent signings. You know, if we had anybody, were guys that we were plugging in for three, four years. These are clearly just you know a, a year with uh, Zanuno and uh, two potentially with Bell, and this and the other factor with Bell's deal is if he opts out of this deal, we can offer him the qualifying offer, <clears throat> which is yep. probably going to be somewhere in the eighteen million dollar range, which would be a raise, and if he rejects that, we could get a compensatory uh, pick. Yeah, that's and, right. And that's just a little. That's just a little move like that. That we don't ever make. And I, I hope the front office, I hope this is a signal that the front office is willing to try uh, some of these kinds of shorter deals where we don't need to sign these guys for 11 years, like we were mentioning right before we hopped on with, you know, Correa, with Judge and all of those, you know, Turner mega, and, yeah. and Turner. Yeah, all these mega Bogart's got another one. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Like the amount of money. Crazy. It's, it's crazy. Well, but I like, these, I mean, but these deals th- work for us and they work but perfectly. See, that's the deal. Those are the types of deals that work, not just for like the guardians, but they work well for even like a team, like the Dodgers to some extent where if you have, if you are confident in your farm system and your ability to uh, develop players, but also find like, you know, diamonds in the rough where it's like, okay, um, you know, we traded for Cal Quantrill sort of as like a throw in right with Mike Clevenger. Where it was like, oh, I don't know who really knows what this guy because he was a reliever out in San Diego. But like we saw something in him or we pick up a guy off the scrap heap. Um, these deals make way more sense from that standpoint. Like basically what you were saying is like you need that flexibility. There is no reason. And the only reason that's happening is because they can. But like there is no reason on this planet why you should ever sign a player for 11 years. For the player, it makes great sense because yeah. you just got an 11-year deal and you're getting $360 million. Like, I don't blame your player for taking your it. your great, great, great grandkids will be okay. <laughs> yeah. Financially. Yes. I mean, I would say there's a couple exceptions to that rule. If the player is, you know, like a Juan Soto, he's like 24, oh, there's, 23. Yes, yeah. Well, there's or like, they gave, like um, if he's young enough, Wander if he's Franco. over 28, if he's over 28, it's like insane to sign somebody for over 10 years. Well, like Wander Franco did it, right? So he yes. signed his big, and he's like 20. I love Quan. Quan for 10 years next year? Okay, I'm down. <laughs> you go to, actually, you actually 10, 10 years, $120 million. <laughs> oh my God, what a bargain that would be. Yeah, it's actually really funny that you mentioned that because um, I was looking at future contracts and him and Jimenez, I was kind of just looking and going, oh, okay. They still have another, uh, I think Jimenez has another year of, um, before he hits arbitration and Quan's like two years or something, or maybe three even. I was like, okay, maybe next off season we can start throwing out yeah. those like yeah. eight, nine year extensions to some of these guys. Oh, it would just make me happy. Those, I, w- those I want makes... some of my kids 
kids under under my roof for longer. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I think like those deals do make sense. But I guess like the guys who are hitting like their big free agencies at like thirty sure, or whatever, those are the yeah. ones where I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah. you're not getting an eleven year deal. Well, yeah, that one's that one is one where it's like I'm glad he's out of the division to you know because the Twins are going to be worse off for it. But I Carlos, I like him enough, but like that dude does not do it for me overall for a lot of reasons, and not to mention he's hurt constantly. He was hurt when he was in his mid twenties a lot. So like, good luck, I you know, and like also like, do I want Trey Turner at like forty years old? Like, am I going to get like Chase Utley for like, you know, three or four years at the end of his like rope when it was like he was just a name and he was like on the Dodgers there for a minute, I think, where it was just like, yeah, but it's Chase Utley. And it's like, yeah, but he hasn't been Chase Utley for like six years. So only if you have a catch with him. That's true. Good reference. I I, I will say, like, if you're going to go long term with with people. I, I get really nervous about middle infielders going too late in their career. Like, I think like corner outfielders, first base, like those guys can still do some stuff in their like late thirties because of right. the amount of movement required yeah. for the position. Must wear and tear for sure. Yeah. Well, look at this. So here here's your example. Now that we're going down this rabbit hole, Chase Utley was uh, Chase Utley was thirty six years old in twenty fifteen. Okay. Um, and he played through to 2018. He hit, this is going to be real basic, but he hit 212 with a 75 OPS plus in 2015. 2016, he hit 252 with like a 92 OPS plus. 2017, he hit 236 with a 93. And 2018, he hit 213 with a 68 OPS plus. Basically, it fell off a cliff right after he turned 35 and left left Philly. Um, and that's really what you're going to get with like Bogarts and Turner and Correa to your point fabs about them all being like middle infielders. It's like, <laughs> I, do, do I want half that deal to be dog shit and pay him $34 million? Yeah. And, and I know those aren't good deals because if like the guardians randomly just were like, Oh, we're signing Korea for thirteen years, three fifty or three sixty. I would have been not happy about it. <laughs> like it would have helped us, right? You know, this year, next year, it adds another good bat, and you know, like that's a that's an upgrade over you know Rosario in pretty much every every capacity. But that also immediately eliminates, unless for whatever reason the Dolans are like, we actually have lots of money. Our payroll is going to be with the Yankees. If if, if they came out and said that, then I'd be like, okay, cool, we'll do it. But knowing what they are, uh, that immediately tells me, okay, we Bieber's not staying. Um, we're not going to likely be able to offer extensions for a lot of these young guys that I really love. So we have to, you know, hope we win a World Series in the next three years before they start getting closer to the end of their arbitration, um, or we're going to trade them. So I, I, to me, that tells you. I, I think we can that can help us determine whether or not it's a good deal because I wouldn't have wanted Korea at that deal. Right. Yeah, I mean that that makes it. I mean, you know, for some of these teams, it's like none of them give a shit, which is fine. That's totally fine. Um, totally. I, I get. You know, it's like 
there, I, I've always, and we say this all the time, is like there's different ways to build a baseball team. And some teams can spend their way out of it, like the Yankees are trying to do again. Um, and like, you know, the uh, Giants are kind of trying a little bit, and the Mets for sure. <laughs> but that's not, you know, it's just not the way the Guardians are built. Although that David Blitzer money is starting to show itself a little bit, which is pretty a nice, bit. I will say. I'm a little bit. Well, actually, I don't, even, I don't even know if it's. I don't even know if it's that money though. I, That's I, true too. Me, they did say they were ready to like, spend. Yeah. So a part of me is kind of like, okay, well, you know, we'll be sniffing around a hundred million dollars payroll, probably. You know, because I, I still don't think we're done. Let me, let me throw that teaser out there too. Ooh, I like mm. that. Um, <clears throat> but I would agree with you on that. Um. Like I don't even know if this is really truly Blitzer's, you know, fingers getting in there and throwing some money around. I, I yeah, would, I I would tend to believe that it helps certainly, but I think this was kind of the plan. Well, yeah, they talked about it last year. Was that you know, hey, look, it, it's a show me year, but at the same time, like we're ready to start spending. Money exactly, and yeah. last last year it just didn't really like manifest itself in the right way. But this year it was like, oh, holy shit, Josh Bell is available. And like the reason you can get Josh Bell at the price that you did was because yeah, he has power, but he's not a prototypical power hitter in that like he hits for a- <laughs> he's he's a Guardians hitter. He hits for average and he oh, doesn't yeah. strike out. So Absolutely. yeah, it also just so happens that he can hit thirty home runs. And now you're putting that kind of guy as the insurance behind Ramirez who also is a guy who hits for average and hits 30 home runs. It's like you you could not pick a better person to plop right in the middle of this lineup. It's fantastic. Well, let's let's segue into that for a second there. Since you mentioned the lineup, Steve, what would, if, if you were to draw up a lineup right now, this second with, Everyone who is on the roster, who what would it look like? I, I have a feeling we're all going to be very, very similar. But I, I'm just if curious. I, if I were to, uh, with with who's currently on the roster, yeah, with, right? with, the, with the roster as it's currently constructed. Okay, because I'm a, I'm getting a little I'm getting a little uh, a little selfish, a little a little taste myself. Like there's somebody out there in free agency that I want really bad, who I think would just like blow this roster into like the stratosphere. Um, and it's not Brian Reynolds, by the way. Um, although that would be, sweet. Mm. I'll oh, tell God, you who it is. But all right, so as it's currently <laughs> constructed, my lineup for the <laughs> Guardians probably would go. It probably would go. Um, Stephen Kwan, Andres Jimenez, uh, Jose Ramirez, Josh Bell. Uh, Josh Naylor, okay. Oscar Gonzalez, because then you can you can flip a lefty righty. Yeah. yeah, although you can do the same with Bell. So like it's some combination of like Naylor Gonzalez, but I'd probably go Naylor Gonzalez. Um, uh, what is Amy to six? <laughs> then I'd probably yeah. go like um, maybe like Ahmed Rosario. Mike Zunino and then Miles Straw, okay, would probably be slash like Will Brennan or whatever. Um, 
that would yeah, probably yeah. be. I think Ahmed Rosario. I mean, Ahmed Rosario. I like. I mean, I'm a huge fan of his, but like, I mean, Andre Semenes does not belong in the seventh spot. So no, he does not. No, since, God, yeah, no. That's gonna stop. That's like that's that the has one, to end. That's the one. Because, fams, I saw you were you were the messing around with the 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 notes and the lineup that I had put in there basically had Rosario and Jimenez flipped from three to right. seven. Um, and that was just something I found online where I was like, this is easy. And this looks pretty much it's like, pretty what, set. I, I mean, you know, it, pretty it's similar. Set. To, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I like that. It's like really solid one through seven with upside with Zunino. And Straw literally can't be worse than he was last year. No. Well, do you guys want to know? Do you guys want to know who I want? Who I think would like I, to use Ross? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm curious because there's a guy. There's I'm a couple dri- guys I'm dripping. I'm dripping Dri- right now. Steve. Oh, he's. I can see the flop sweat. <laughs> I, I, I desperately, desperately would like a two-year Michael Brantley reunion. I oh. think. Dude, now here's my roster. Look at it. Listen to this. Here, could you imagine a lineup where you go Stephen Kwan, uh, Michael Brantley, Jose Ramirez, Josh Bell, Naylor Gonzalez? Uh, you know, uh, we. I mean, right. you could play with it any because, like, the funny thing is, like, Brantley could play center. He could play right. He could play left, but that's Quan. I mean, he could play center, right, DH most likely. Wait, but but and but if, if say, like there were injuries, he, he could play. Can he really first. play? Well, he had a right shoulder injury uh, surgery last year, but that just means that he's like the market for him is probably like not that crazy. So no, it's definitely. I not. would absolutely. I would I would take such a flyer on him, and I would. Oh my god! Yes. I would say like you're that. probably going to DH a lot. You're going to DH a lot, um, and like okay. So last we're going to find a way to get you in the lineup as much as we can. Like you might not get you're not going to get 600 at bats, but like dude, the adding him to the lineup where you can almost pencil in that he's going to hit like 280 to 300 somewhere in there, and you put him behind Quan and in between like. Ramirez, I think that just changes the lineup. And then you can push Jimenez down to even like fifth or sixth and push Naylor even further down. And Gonzalez, yeah. it's like, I'm not necessarily, it's not that I'm sour on Gonzalez. It's that I don't want to put all my eggs in the basket of Oscar Gonzalez yet. Right. So I think that's fair. I, I think that's a fair I, assessment. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I feel like teams kind of are going to try to. Make him expand his him a little a bit more. Yeah. They're going to go at him. And yeah. if you're talking if about you adding a veteran behind a him? veteran presence to the lineup, you cannot do better than Michael Brantley with what's left out there. Like, I cannot believe so, he hasn't been, like, signed. So here, here's something. Michael Brantley last played right field in 2021. Eight games. Okay. Um... You could play him in when right. When he last played center, center. Quan, uh, he Quan last played center. center in 
Dude, the thing is, so I I would say that I don't think he's I don't think he's got the athleticism still so to there, cover so that your kind DH. of ground. So I was going to say he would. I mean, because he's going to turn thirty six in in midway midway through May. I think you would be looking at him as more of a DH, a DH. Um, I know that there was rumblings a few years back that maybe About he first. could start to learn how to play first. You know, he could play left field. You could move Quan then somewhere else. Quan um, to center. You could have. You could. Well, you got. I mean, Quan is tough to because Quan's tough because you have a friggin' Gold Glover in left. I would. I would. I'd, I'd go to Brantley and I'd be like, dude. Can you DH and play right field? Like, you can DH, you know, uh, depending on the day. Like, we're not going to probably play Oscar Gonzalez much against righties. So, like, you're going to be in the lineup against every right-hander we basically face. So that already gives him, like, (coughs) 400 at-bats, you know? So, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he he wouldn't be getting a a ton of at-bats. Um. There was a name that I, I had forgotten about, but Steve, you brought him up earlier this mm-hmm. offseason. Yes. And a, a two-year deal would be kind of interesting with this guy. But uh, Joey Gallo. Oh, dude, I'm not opposed oh, to Joey right Gallo field. either. Yes. Right field. Just de- like from a defensive standpoint, that that's... Three gold glovers. Yes. Uh, you wouldn't then be forcing Oscar Gonzalez to prove himself every night. That could be a, a very easy platoon situation right there. You, you could know, do that with Brantley, though, 60, too. 40. You could do that. I mean, I, I'd but feel it's easier, more comfortable. I guess, with Gallo. I'd feel with, more comfortable with Gallo. Let me put it at I least out it. in the field. Yeah. At least out in the yeah. field. But on the flip side, you're like, Wait, I'm gonna go from a guy who could hit 320 to a guy who hit 120. I'm exaggerating, but um. well, yeah. I mean, you're you're like the thing. The only the thing about Brantley that's like really compelling is that you'd be going so like you you would take a lineup that was impossible to strike out last year by like a mile compared to everybody oh, else, yeah. and by adding Josh Bell and Michael Brantley to this lineup. You you would take it into some sort of like you, like other universe. Like you would be all you would be in some other dimension of how difficult it would be to strike out this lineup, adding two more guys who never ever strike out and hit for average. Like if you're gonna if that's gonna be your offensive philosophy, I say you just say like F it. We're gonna go hardcore. And yeah. even if Brantley's not like the perfect fit, it's like I want him in my lineup. I want that. Well, dude. You can also, I like you that because that gives <laughs> yeah, you a lot you can, of flexibility. Like you can do so many fun, fun life. You can also have a lineup of like just all great hitters and Miles Straw can be on the bench. Then you literally yeah. have eight guys who like don't strike out are all really good. And if Zunino gets back to 2021 form, <laughs> like what? Dude. Okay. So that's a good, that's a good segue um, into Mike Zunino a little bit. So, Really quick on Mike Zanino, you know, people look at like his last in 2022, he had that thoracic, you know, outlet syndrome, I I think it's called. Then he had the surgery for it, which a lot of catchers and pitchers do. 
And he had a terrible year. He had like a worse year than Austin Hedges. But it was only yeah. 115 at bats. But you were correct, Fabs, in that he had 33 homers in 2021. You know, ultimately his best season. He was an all star with Tampa. But the funny thing about Mike Zanino is that he's played, so he's had a 10 year career to this point. And while if you look at his batting average, you're like, holy hell, this is sick. Uh, don't look at that because it's not the end all be all. He's had three seasons with an OPS a plus over 113. Um, he has had two seasons where he's had 20 homers and 20 doubles, and he's had four seasons where he's had 20 or more homers in general. So, like, I would argue that, like, 2021 was by no means a blip. It was his best year, and he's 30, going to be 32, which I get. But, like, the dude kind of has a track record. The guy can hit for power. He's proven to do it for years. And he can hit, like he, he he gets extra base hits, and he's not just all homers or nothing. So like, it does like it's an intriguing, absolutely zero risk move in that it's one year for like six yeah. million bucks. So he, like, he's sure he's the definition of a stopgap. Oh yeah. yes, and absolutely. like he's never had like his thing is like he's gone over four hundred at bats one time so like clearly uh, at at bats yeah, it, well yeah, yeah uh, i was gonna say i was at, looking at plate appearances but that was three so i mean he got close two other times but yeah no i, I get your point yeah i always go i always do at bats i for forever yeah, i like i like bats. so anyway um the point you and i both are making is that you know he has never been a full-time catcher i mean he has sort of like he's had a few years um, where like he's had like four hundred yeah. seventy six uh, plate appearances. He had four hundred a couple of years in Seattle. Like he was their starting catcher, but like I wouldn't say he's like an he's not an iron horse, you know? No, no. So well, I like <laughs> that it gives a bunch of like I think you know I I, I know we're we're now more in the win now mode, but I think <clears throat> team like the Guardians is always looking for like possible scenarios in every and every move they make so like bell gives them a lot of flexibility proven track record not long term uh not setting up long term and then allows you to bring in your your young guys um you know down the line um this move zunino uh, if he gets back to form amazing you have a guy who's going to hit for higher average and way more power than you've had in the last like eight years, but the other scenario, you're also going to get a Bo, uh, Naylor opportunity to, to play a little bit more. And what if he has, uh, we had I, two rookies. I, go don't, off last year. I don't necessarily know if Bo's going to make can't break camp with this team. Oh really? I don't think so. Cause he's only played like 50 or 60 games in Columbus. I, 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 I'd be shocked. Cause they want him to get the at bats. Yeah. I think, yeah. Let me take a look at his, Stats just, just so are we are we uh potentially looking at another Brian Lavastida? Uh, well, that was going to be my point of another position that I could see us adding is via um, yeah, he's he's only played 66 games in Columbus in Bone Nailer. 
Yeah, he'll be back. He'll be up sooner than later, probably. I mean, I definitely think he could he could be added in July. You want to bring? I'm you want to saying... do like a Roberto Perez reunion? No. <laughs> <laughs> or Tucker Barnhart. I mean, I'd take Barnhart. I, I think more. That'd be I am looking at. I am looking at the uh, sport track <coughs> um, free agents and. Roberto Perez's market value right now, like projected deal, is like just under three million. So I mean, from a financial standpoint, that seems very doable. I mean, that would be interesting to like sign another catcher and just be like, you two are going to split time basically. And if something were to happen, then we've got guys in the minors who can like, you know, clearly this is a stopgap solution like Zunino is not going to be on this team next season but it would be interesting to have like two options rather than it being like boy I hope Zunino stays healthy or else we're completely screwed yeah yeah I like mean, bring back also just I, like, honestly dude like so, resign I, yeah I agree I I I was like you know I I obviously <laughs> Murphy would have been a great upgrade but when I found out they were like we're not gonna like give them to you unless the Spino's in the deal it's just like you never trade a possible, like, big pitching prospect for a catcher. Like it just, I don't. It's just like I, I was fine once. Once I saw the details of what they were asking for the Guardians, it was just crazy to me. Yeah, it rubbed me. It rubbed me the wrong way that, like, I understand the Braves are in a different, a little bit of a different position than the Guardians, but like. And I'm not necessarily I'm not a prospect hound by like any means, but you're asking for three top ten prospects, including the number one overall prospect in the organization, for a catcher rubs me the wrong way. Like I I don't care how good an well, offensive catcher the, you are, like I can't do they, it. No, I, they got the Braves' number one prospect, but by a lot of reports, he wasn't even a top one hundred prospect in the whole major leagues uh, rankings. Well, the Braves have like decimated their farm system. Yeah. So I mean, it's at this point, it's like I have a feeling like the the A's were because like the rumor with the A's was that like I'm sure this was for other teams too. They were asking for a major league player, and I had heard, you know, through the channels, uh, was that the A's really like Andre Jimenez and Stephen Kwan, obviously. And it's like, that's a non-starter, dude. Like, are you, what are you smoking that you would <laughs> think that the Guardians would trade one of those yeah. two for, for two, Sean two Murphy? Like, for three oh, years God, of Sean Murphy. I, it's, it's like, catchers, I mean, look, catchers have, I respect catchers because they do like four other things in addition to hitting. But that means that like, offense isn't necessarily something that is like the end all be all with a catcher. So that puts you in a weird position when you have a catcher like Sean Murphy that like you're trying to deal because every other team has that thought, right? Like the guardians have never necessarily valued true offensive prowess at that position. So I don't even know how close they really were with Oakland, to be honest. You you know, what's funny is like, the Juan Soto deal was for Juan Soto and Josh Bell was like kind of less crazy than what comparatively to what Oakland was asking for for Murphy. 
Well, especially because they get Soto for a couple years, too. Right. So, yeah, it is weird. It's strange. Well, look at like, um, look at what happened with the Red Sox, dude, and uh, the Mookie Betts deal. They just DFA'd Jeter Downs. Oh, yeah. And uh, fans, the other guy, I mean, the other guy in that deal has stunk. So really, it's become like a a straight one for one Alex Verdugo for Mookie Betts at this point. And it's like if you're a Red Sox fan, you want to like tear your eyes out. Thank God they won those World Series because like they've had some very suspect decision making with guys they've chosen to extend, and then they don't suddenly have money for guys that are way more valuable to the fans like a lot more. Uh, they're they're pretty pissed off. Oh, dude. Like, if I was a Red Sox fan, I would want to shit my pants if that you gave you gave Trevor Story. You couldn't just wait. You gave Trevor Story right. a giant deal, and <laughs> you you lost Xander Bogarts for nothing. Are you stupid? Oh, I was I was I saw some Red Sox Twitter just really going after the ownership group. It was dude. It was well, hilarious. That's a, they should because the oh, other I'm, funny yeah. thing was like they were going for like the um there was the rumor that like the Red Sox were interested in Dansby Swanson now too you know yeah. to plug the gap and it's like why didn't you just try to sign Carlos Rodon you have no pitching I don't understand like you still have a decent enough offense you need pitching I don't get it I mean I love it it's fantastic but some of these teams, like a lot of these teams, are like trying to go like the Phillies route, where they're like, "Well, we'll just—I don't care if it's we'll a just, team full of DHs. Sm- we'll just, you know, yeah, we'll, yeah. It'll be it'll be nothing but twelve to fourteen ball games, and uh, hopefully we're the ones scoring fourteen more times than yeah, that. We're, we'll score ten runs every game, and that's great. We'll win the division. Like honestly, I mean, the the Phillies, to their credit, actually developed. And, and acquired some pretty good pitching um, over the last couple of years. But, like, they still make moves where I'm like, what are you doing? Like, like why did they get Trey Turner? Like, why? Because they could. I that, mean, basically. That's, that, that, that's, like, the only logical explanation for that move is, like, he's out there. They were going after water. everybody okay. this offseason, though. They were they, – them and the Padres were just throwing – like, well, the Padres offered $400 million to Judge, and he just yeah. used it as leverage with the Yankees. Wait, the Giants or the Padres? Padres. The Padres. The they Padres $400 million. Last minute. Yeah. He, like he flew to San Diego. Play. Yeah, met with them. And then the, in the morning, he signed with the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> it was like an 11th hour like pitch to him. Can you oh, imagine man. if they got... I wish they would have gotten Judge. That would have been amazing. Well, that's another team where suddenly it's like, hey, like you might need some pitching. <laughs> yes. Like, are you guys yeah. going to get some pitching? <laughs> they do. I, Let's send I gotta a say, <laughs> I got to say, like, I, the, the Rodon deal, like, really, uh, I, it, it really annoys me. I, I do think, you know, on the whole, we're in a great spot for the division. Like, I, I think, you know, the, the White Sox got worse. The Twins certainly got worse. You know, we we definitely improved in areas we needed to, um, but like I'm really hoping that uh, unless they bring a prospect up early, or which is unlikely, or they 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 sign somebody or trade for somebody, 
I got to hope that we get one of those top two seeds so we don't use up McKenzie and Bieber in that wild card round, assuming we make the postseason. Because saving them is everything if you're not going to have a third starter. Well, I will say this. Um, obviously, the, the Yankees are... Pos- he's, uh, yeah, he's a fine... I, I, but, like, to... I don't know. I, I, if, you're, if you're trotting Cal Quantrill out for game one against the Astros or Yankees, I, I don't like her odds for game one. For that See, team. the thing is, like, dude, I'm not as, I'm not as like, gung-ho on them having to uh, acquire a starter as a lot of people I'm are. Not, I, I Like a Carrasco. I think Carrasco would be beautiful on this team. <laughs> well. I mean, I definitely I, agree. I, I don't. Nah. Steve, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you on that, on that front with not having to acquire a starter. Because I... I just took an inventory of all the starting pitchers that we have just in Akron or Columbus or guys who have come up to Cleveland even a little bit. And there's about 15 starting pitchers between those two levels that won't crack our our starting five. That honestly probably won't even crack our roster because there's no spot for them. Right, so uh, I almost think. Well, like I almost think the thing that is like you, I, I'm almost gonna. I'm already almost like mentally plugging in Cody Morris for like twenty some starts next year. Possibly, I'm. What I'm almost thinking is trade trade a guy like Plesac or Savali. Trade one of those guys. Like we don't like. Unfortunately, like they are what they are. They're probably I would the average Plesac pitchers over Savali. I. I Savali has shown some stuff. Like a year ago, he again oh, yeah. a year ago he was he was the front runner for the Cy Young until he got injured. Sure, sure, and I, I, and I would I would lean towards trading Plesac as well. I hate Plesac. I hate but, him so much. I want his fucking face <laughs> off his team. I hate that guy so much. But here's the real <laughs> thing about that: I don't even know if either one of them is in the starting rotation in 2024. No, because like Steve just mentioned, no. oh, like hell 2024, no. you got hell Logan no. Allen, you got Cody Morris. We just added Joey uh, Cantillo to the uh, 40 man. You got uh, Peyton Batting, Pat, Battenfield. You got Hunter Gaddis, Xavier Curry, Connor Pilkington. Those are guys who have either had time in 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 the bigs or are probably going to start in Columbus. And then the group behind them, holy mm-hmm. cow, that's the group. I mean that Akron, maybe a couple of those guys, you know, get sent to Lake County, but like that's the group right there, and that group's going to be looking at twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five. So when you when you when do you think we see a Spino? You think there's a chance at twenty twenty three, like late? No, I, I don't think so because he's coming off an injury. Yeah, that's I could fair. see like a I could see like a mid twenty twenty four if everything goes right. Okay, and there's just so many other options that I think they want to work there their are. way through That's before, because he's only 21. Yeah. So like, like yeah, there's really, really like no rush with all the with all those names you threw out. Like, yeah, I would be cool with Morris, especially like Morris over Pulisic for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, I could see him as the first. Dude, you know who I'd want? Like I would, you know who I'd want to I'd steal? That. If you could find a way to do it, I would totally try. To, I'd send I'd send like, I'd send Savali, 
and whoever else they wanted somewhere in the minors to the Padres if you could steal away Jake Cronenworth. Ooh. Ooh. I would I would be I would actually finally be okay with parting ways with a Med Rosario if you could steal like if you sent them like Savali a Med Rosario and like some other dude, some other pitcher or something. <laughs> um dude, I would love Jake Cronenworth. I really would. He um He, he, Not he a free agent until 2026. Yeah, I was going to say, he, and he oh. seems to fit. Um, I mean, let me take a look. Well, look at this way. The dude is, say, like his the, average, he's played his three average seasons. Wasn't, yeah. Average was uh, down last year, yeah. but he still had an OBP of 332. He's got a career 118 OPS plus. He's hit, he's had 30 doubles each of the last two years. And he can hit twenty homers. He's got twenty home run power. Like my dude, I like that. Has been a two time All Star. Ugh, I would, I'd go to that. Where would you like, play what him? Can we do short? Like I would. Okay. I because he's played shortstop. So like, yeah. Basically, I would just go to the Padres and be like, "You can have friggin' you can have both. Please, seconds of all. I don't care um, if you want to help with your we'll rotation." See. He's played more second and first of late. Yeah, in the, his first two seasons, he played short the second most. So, um, I believe his first um, season. Yeah, Steve, where yeah. do you want to see? What do you what do you want to see us do with with that shortstop position? I mean, the, the easiest solution this year is Rosario, uh, but like long term, well. Well, that's the thing is like, so, I mean, I'm not so sure they do this with all these dudes coming up, but like, well, Rosario, I would love as a stopgap because I'm not sold on Gabriel Arias and beyond Andres Jimenez, like you really have no idea because none of these other dudes have come up and Tyler Freeman hasn't had like a ton of time to like get acclimated. So you don't really know if he's your second baseman because, like, you could even conceivably move Andre Semenes over to shortstop where he's been playing this winter yeah. in Venezuela, I think, and yep. like yeah. just making highlight plays left and right. So, oh my god, he's so, I love him so much. Like, he could be your answer at short for the rest of the next decade or whatever. So, I, but see, for me, I don't like. Yeah, everybody loves Brian Rocchio, and like, I know you you do, especially Chris and stuff, but like. I, I give me Jake Cronenworth, who has never been less than an OPS plus of one eleven. Like, I get g- it. Give me that guy. I get it. Give me that guy for three years, yeah. where like it's a guarantee that he's going to be pretty well above average. And with if that if you plug him out instead of Rosario, who can kind of barely hit average, um, to me that and gives me a pretty hit. good like few years to be like, all right, like, what the hell are we going to do? Like, does he play second base? And does Jimenez play short? And then now you've got a pretty damn good uh, freaking infield at that point. And then Rokio's young. He can come up. Arias can figure it out. I don't know. Um, or you, right. you trade him. Like, the, I mean, I'm, I love the I, thing about Arias. Like scares, and I think he'd be a great addition. I'm, I'm just going to baseball trade values right now quickly to see what kind of value he's 
been assigned. While you're doing that, I so somebody posted a, a something I, I I liked online. Um, you know, with the Owen Miller and uh, Nolan Jones, just these prospect prospect hoarding, um, and you know, holding on to people so long that they eventually like have no value, and you're just like discarding them, and. You know, like I, I trust our front office. It's one of our be- best assets. We've talked about that a bunch. Um, and I like keeping flexibility open, but I do think at some point, like, we got to trade some of these guys. Like, oh, yeah. Like, we have to, like, we have to just package four or five of these guys and just, like, go for a Reynolds or go, go for something. Um, and I, they might, I think they, I think we might see something like big happen at the trade deadline. Especially assuming they're healthy and they're like leading the division or neck and neck in the division, um, where it's like, okay, this team's going to be a, a playoff push again. Um, I, I think that's when we might. I don't think we're going to see it before the season starts. I think that's when we'll see something happen. Well, you're not far off because they've been trying to. I mean, the last two seasons they've been trying to get Brian Reynolds. Like, and that's I and was they say, were. I could see a Brian Reynolds trade at the deadline. They uh they were allegedly in the mix for freaking Matt Olson too. So Or wait, was he free agent? No, they traded him. Um but yeah, they, they, were, they were in the mix for that. <laughs> so like I, I think they want to. I think they're just trying to find the right here's the other thing too, dude, is like all these other teams know the flaws of these guys in the minors too. Like, I think it became apparent pretty quickly to everybody that they were like, I don't know about this Nolan Jones guy. Like, yeah, he's a top prospect, whatever that means. But like, I don't know if any team, like if you had packaged him necessarily, like would have felt the same way that typical fans do where they're like, Oh, he's your top prospect. It's like, Right, you got scouts all over the place who are like, "Yeah, this dude can't hit a curveball to save his or a breaking ball to save his life." So, you know, <sighs> that makes it difficult, and that's why sometimes, like when you see these like trades where you're like, "What the hell? Like, how did they only get this?" It's like no team's actually going to trade you like the pe- the people they like. You know what I mean? It's like you're going to trade guys that you know are flawed. That like other teams are like, yeah, like we like them enough, but like that's the best you can get. Like, that's and they can a fix him. Yeah, like that's a difficult proposition to be like. Like the A's were shooting for the stars, where they were like, we want a Spino, and it's like, well, no, you can ask, we, but yeah, you I mean, can, ask can ask all ask. you want. Yeah, you can <laughs> ask all you nice. want, but you're not getting him. So, I think a lot of teams operate under that. Where it's like, yeah, we have like five to ten guys you're not ever going to get, no matter what you are. Even for Juan friggin' Soda, we're not doing it. So, I I find, you know, it's a weird dance, right? Where it's like, you know, you want to know what the guy's like. You want to see what the guy can do. But at the same time, you know, you're trying to find that right time to possibly get rid of him. Like, or you just go like, hey, we'll give you four prospects for one like we'll go to Pittsburgh and be like, you have four prospects. And it's like, if two of them panned out, then you come out ahead. Right. And that's like the best it can be. So I don't know. It's a weird, but then like, isn't it so strange? It's like, 
then like you have all these like deals where like uh you know in the in the big CC Sabathia deal the guy who ended up becoming the name was the player to be named later in Michael Brantley just yeah. you know he was the shoe in and then uh the um deal with Lindor it was like it was like who are these guys like it's like no oh, wow Andre Semenya is like okay and it's like you Great. don't really know like you have no idea we wanted him like, traded in the off season we were like send this guy out of here yeah, it was terrible in that first go round. So it's hard, man. It's a tough, it's a tough proposition. That's why I'm like, I always am like, err on the side of give, give me the established, give, give me like an established guy, even for a little Absolutely. while. I I like this. I guess the point is like I like this um, era that the Guardians are in, where they very much are like able to f- be flexible and let guys kind of like get their feet wet and like get at bats <coughs> and they can see how it goes. So like you just mentioned Owen Miller, who the guardians just had to cut ties with to make room for Mike Zanino on the roster. They traded Owen Miller to the brewers because it was evident. It, it was clear as day by the end of last season where it was like, all right, that's done. Owen Miller's like, that's it for him. Cause like you just, after a while you just know. And like, but they've, but they're <laughs> able to do it now in a way where it doesn't like, kill the team for five years. Yeah, and they have the, the prospect capital, like you were making comment of, where, you know, you have the core group of guys right now, and I, I think it's safe to say that, you know, Quan, uh, Jimenez, Ramirez, Bell for the time being, um, maybe Oscar Gonzalez, Miles Straw, kind of, you know, Josh Naylor. I would say is also probably a part of that mix, but then you could augment with some of these prospects, plug them, plug them in, see if they work. And if that guy doesn't work, unfortunately you brought up Owen Miller, who had shown promise in the minors. And, uh, you know, maybe he goes to Milwaukee and shines, but that's the way, if they're going to keep this model going, that's what's going to happen sometimes. Somebody, well, I, the thing I was, with Owen Miller. The thing with Owen Miller is like, well, uh, you know, he he basically his career. He's going to carve out his career by being a right-handed bat specialist, probably. And but he could and, he could have a very nice career doing that too. No doubt. He could but like it's he, like well, you don't fit on the roster here because you're not playing no. second base ever, <laughs> and we just signed Josh Bell, so like we we don't need you. So no, it's like but, but I the, like you. You're a good dude, but. But the point I was making was, you know, that's what Tampa's doing. To some degree. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, again, kind of, you know, staying ahead of the curve in some ways, keeping that competitive advantage. And if if that's what it takes to have a winning product out there year in, year out, you know what? Yeah, it's going to make us... Guys like us crazy trying to say, okay, well, hey, you know, there's there's this guy out on the trade market. He wants out. Uh, why don't we package this, this, and that? Well, they might be a little bit hesitant to give up on some of these guys as quickly. So it's kind of that give and take, is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's like any trade. It's like any trade. Anybody who like 
posits a trade, you know, you never think about the other team. You're just like, oh, we'll and give I mean, them and, this, you know. And, and yeah, yeah, you have to, you have to. These different uh, sites out there where you can build trades and all that, you know, people are always like, well, this is super simple. Well, you have to give something to get something, which is a a theme that pe- some people don't understand. Like, you can't just give uh, Pittsburgh uh, Zach Plesak and Gabriel Arias and uh, a bag of balls and a gift certificate to Permandy Brothers and expect them to ship Brian Reynolds up here. Right. It's not going to happen. Right. You know, right. especially, I think that's a sponsor of theirs. So it'd be insane. Yeah. I mean, maybe Panini. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe we send them Paninis down there. Well, especially yeah. now that they're going to be here every other well, year. Um, Milwaukee's apparently going to, with Owen Miller, they're going to try to Truman show him and make him think it's the month of April all season. And he <laughs> would heard- then win the MVP. <laughs> I heard that, and he's signing a lifetime deal with Miller Lite. Perfect. Dude, it is yeah. perfect. And he grew up around there. So, he did. yeah. It's perfect. I mean, yeah, he hit 400 in April. We had... He had nine doubles and hit 400 in April. It was like, oh my God, he's he's here. We it's, have and three, it's just, you know. three young stars, and then it's never mind. Oh, whoops. <laughs> we have it was amazing one. that, like, dude, like, yeah. I mean, the cliff that he fell off was pretty wild. the rest of the yeah. year. Between him and Straw, for all the good things you could say about the lineup, uh, over the course of last year, Straw and Miller were, ha- were having like historically bad offensive seasons, and it was like kind of wild that they were as, as successful as they were. Which is exactly why I'm like, you know, I don't feel like I feel good about the lineup, but I'm like, yeah, I could still stand to like, oh, I could certainly, stand, you know, a little more here. Certainly. Well, there's. I was going to say. <laughs> I didn't tell you guys about this, but I, I took some notes in my diary. And by diary, I mean my notebook. Oh. My notebook, I mean an actual notebook. But just, and this was done yesterday. There's really about, I don't know, three roster spots up for grabs. Maybe four. Maybe four. Um, I would say the backup catcher, the fifth Mm -hmm. starter, the least used bullpen arm, and maybe, (laughs) maybe, um, uh, the fourth outfielder, whether that's uh, Brennan or, or Benson. I, I hope it's yeah. Not I mean, Benson. I could, I you hope could it's argue, Brennan, but um, you could, those those you could are argue about the to some four, extent, like right right field. Maybe you could even. I mean, because like well, I think Gonzalez. I think Gonzalez right well, now with the roster as it is. Yeah, why yeah. not? I was gonna say why not. I mean, who else is there in the system? And he yeah. played well last year. I, uh, I mean, I know I understand. I understand what you're saying. It was like you're concerned about a regression with him, and I think there will be. But I also think that giving him a full year. Yeah. He's going to <laughs> one of two things: either struggle and learn to adapt, or he's going to just crater and 
Now we have to figure out right field. It'll be the Framil Reyes I mean, uh, it, torpedo. Yeah, and and I, I don't. I think a worst case scenario for Oscar Gon <laughs> Oscar Gonzalez is he might only play in the field for a handful of years, and then gets relegated to a DH spot. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, look, I'm not, trust me, I'm not opposed going in the next season with uh, Oscar Gonzalez as the right fielder by any means. So that's, that's totally fine by me. Yeah. Which by the way, Framil Reyes has fallen so far off the map that he's not even listed <laughs> as a free agent on MLB trade rumors <laughs> in their, like, um, list of, of 2023 <laughs> or 2022, 23 free agents. Like that's how far off this dude has. My sports oh, Let me take a look. So crazy. Um, Maybe we can send him to a minor league deal and he's not even on sport track st- as a DA. What the heck? Did he retire? Um, hold on. Let me type this in. Brand Mill Reyes. It's crazy. I have decided to give up and sign with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, there you go. To give up. <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy. That is so nuts to me. It's like, I mean, I guess when you strike out 33% of the time, that'll, that'll do it. But Damn, that is, that, that is quite a fall. That is quite a fall for yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, all right, real, he'll catch he'll catch on with some minor league team and yep, get a, he'll do all right. Get get brought back up and yeah, we'll see. probably with the Pirates. Um, all right, most likely. Uh, we mentioned quite a bit of like things around other teams uh, as we kind of like wrap it up. Um, the one big news uh, today, at least, as we right before we recorded, was that Carlos Rodon signed a six-year deal with the New York Yankees, which is fine. Uh, I'm not like I'm not as scared of the Yankees rotation as like people want you to want to be. You know what I mean? Like, I the, the thing is like. Frankie Montas, they've got penciled in the rotation. It's like, yeah, well, I don't really know where that dude's career is going to go at this point. Um, Luis Severino, can he stay healthy? Who knows? Um, Carlos Rodon, the interesting thing about him is like from 2016 to 2020, he had an ERA plus just under 100. It was 98. He had a 4.4 FIP and he had a 428 ERA for what five seasons. So like I understand the last two years, he's been like one of the best pitchers in baseball, but like, I, do you really know who he is? Like what exactly is totally Rodon? Is he barely a league average starter or is he like a superstar? And now you throw him into New York and it's like, well, what will that do? Because you've seen that time and time again, 
where going to New York just changes a guy for, for obvious reasons. So like, I'm not necessarily like pooping my pants at the state of <coughs> the Yankees rotation at this point. And I'm certainly not with their lineup, even with Aaron judge. So I have their that's where I'm at. fan graphs. I have their fan graphs projected lineup. And um, I'll just come out and say it. After um, after you know their top four, Torres, Judge, Rizzo, and Stanton. Eh, nothing. Nothing that I would be like, holy cow. You know, Josh Donaldson, watch out for him. Um, and then uh, with regards to the rotation, Cole, Rodon, Severino, uh, Cortez, and Montas. Um, Don't get me wrong. On paper, you, it's not It's not bad. It's, like, no, it no, is no, it's, a good rotation. It's a rotation. nice rotation on paper, yeah. It is. But, yeah. like, let's, let's be honest. Nestor Cortez has pitched well for a season and a half. I mean. Yeah, that's the, totally the, fair. The, the pitching starved Baltimore Orioles gave up on him. I mean, <laughs> if they true. saw anything in him, like I, I'm, I'm, be, I'm just being honest. Like, right? Like the Orioles, who haven't had a starting pitcher that you could name in the last like 15 years, gave up on yeah, this guy. And, and you know, the Yankees—they're in a much harder division than we are. Dude, that's they're, true too. They, they are. I mean, they are. And, and I was going to say, Steve, you brought up a point. New York's a different animal. You know, those those fans love to turn on you after one bad at bat. So, right. like, you know, is, is Rodon going to be an ace or is he going to be, you know, middle of the rotation? You've got Carlo. It's, it's quite. So, OK, yeah, you're in New York. The AL East has a murderer's row. Just about every team is good now. <laughs> I mean, literally every team is good now in the AL East. For the, and you've signed for the Red Sox. For, I mean, even offensively, <laughs> I'd be like, I, I could still like, I, they, I could, you know, it's like. Again, if they, if they, they, they if they go out and get, um, like, Dancy Swanson, that, that lineup on paper doesn't, doesn't look terrible. It's not it, awful. It, it, I mean, they, they, they actually out. will probably be pretty bad. Um, I mean, they're yeah, probably going to be a fun 73 win team. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, they have no pitching. Yep. Right. But Carlos Rodon, you've now signed to a six-year deal. And he'll be 36 when that deal's done. And ah, he's had two elite years, and he's had six Okay to awful years. And it's like, well, well, and I think he's been hurt a couple years too. So that that's the other thing. Is like he did have some injuries. But like, I mean, most of his career he's been a league average pitcher. So like that's a hell of an I mean, an investment that I'm sure the Yankees don't give a shit about. But you know, I, I guess it's one of those things where it's like, okay, yeah, on paper, sure, that seems like a good rotation. But it's like anything else where you got to go out there and actually do it. So I think the bullpen for the Yankees is pretty damn good. 
it'll just be an interesting case of like, can the offense and the starting pitching stay healthy enough where it even makes a difference? And in the AL East, uh, I don't know. I mean, they might be a wild card team. I would, I would see. I, I still think like you know, you between the Rays and Jays, they're going to give the Yankees a run for their money for sure. Um, and you Baltimore, can't. Baltimore's discount, getting better. Baltimore's not a pushover, and you cannot discount the fact that you got to play every team now, right? So. No longer can the Yankees just play the dumb, downtrodden Orioles, or when the Yan- or when the Blue Jays stunk, or when you know it's like with the Red Sox not being great this year. It's like, sorry, um, now you've got to actually go play. Like, you know, you're going to have to go play the Phillies. You're going to have to go play the Dodgers, and like that might change things a little bit for some of these teams. You know, I think for some it will, but I. Overall, I think the good teams are still going to be the good teams. They will, but in a division as like tight as like the AL East, I wonder there's going to oh, be yeah, like I mean, maybe like le- less margin for error, you know? Yeah, like a bad week, you know, that could a bad week yeah, you know, they, at the wrong time of the season could be detrimental to winning that division. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees got off to such a crazy start last year and the Guardians like really closed the gap and the Guardians took forever to find their footing. Like I, I think we can get one of the I think we can get one of the top two seeds. And if we can get one of the top two seeds, we get home field for the divisional. We get to have Bieber pitch two times, like in that first in that first series. So like that's that's huge. Like the so look, the pitching matchups we had to throw out there were so like so far in favor of the Yankees that it's just and we still took them to five. Like I and these young guys are going to continue to get better. We fixed a lot of the areas that we and in the judge signing, it's great for the Yankees, but he was already there. Like it wasn't yeah, they like they got a free agent. Yeah. Let me ask you guys both this question then, since we're talking about playoffs already. Um, who do you think the top yeah. five? Is the, it's still you know still twenty twenty two. Uh, and we're and we're talking about playoffs. I love it. Um, but who do you guys think right now? And there's still more moves to be made, obviously. But um, give me your five, in, in no order, your top five AL teams for the uh, top two seeds. The top two. So seeds? basically, your top five teams. Top five teams the, who, who you would think who you think have the chance at getting the top two seeds. I would. I'm. Go ahead, Febs. So, Astros obviously. Yeah. And because I don't think I think the Astros are a shoe in to win their division. I I that's the only reason I'm not putting the Mariners, even though okay. they're going to be good. I think they're going to be they're going to be a de facto wild card because of the Astros. Sure. Guardians, Yankees, Tampa, and Blue Jays. I think any of those three AL East teams. Could get super hot, like that. The AL East is a crapshoot, so like it's any of those teams to get super. Three teams to get super hot, so like I feel like it's got to be those five. But it, uh, I, I my only difference, my only difference would be, I think the Yankees, Toronto, Cleveland, Houston, and Seattle. Okay. 
yeah. would be. That, I, that's, I, th- that's I think Seattle's list. still pretty. Yeah. But I could Tampa, but Tampa would be like right there. Yeah. No, Tampa's definitely in that mix. Uh, as I, I, yeah, also, I, I mean, you know, I, I love my Rays. You know, Tampa, Toronto. Um, I, I don't think Baltimore is there just yet. They still don't have the pitching. They still no. are pooping around, not doing much <laughs> with the pitching. Well, they should have signed Carlos Rodon. They'd have been smart to do that. Yeah. I'm happy he didn't go to the Twins. So, like, him going to the Yankees, it's dilute our division as much as possible. Get our guys rest if we're able to clinch it early. Like, that's, I'll take it. Yeah, it just seems like seems like the Guardians are destined for another playoff matchup with the Yankees at this point. Ugh. God, if we somehow <laughs> got that one seed, that one seed would be everything. Oh my God! Yeah, get the get the. I mean, it would Yankees. be nice to not have to face them until the ALCS if if it were to go down that way. That's the thing with the with the Guardians slash Indians getting to the ALCS is just like so huge because then you get your. Just in the you know we, we those pitching matchups, you get to have your top pitchers go a couple of times, and that yeah. like 2017 year was so devastating because it's like just get to the ALCS, you get Kluber twice, you get Bauer twice, like God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other thing the Guardians need to start figuring out is when they go up in a series, they need to close the goddamn thing, dude. I know <laughs> that's um. That's that's a different topic for a different day. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that next that year. Streak, they did break that streak they had that was like in clinching opportunities. Uh, they had lost like a ton in a row. Oh, it was, yeah, um, it was like eight in a row or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that was miserable. So I'm glad. They and they broke but they that got like Tampa. they got so it was like it took them going 15 innings scoring one run <laughs> to do it. <laughs> Jesus, that Christ. was a beautiful game. You shut your mouth. Yeah, that was something. <laughs> oh my god! Um, all right, well, uh, we are uh, we are approaching uh, our typical our, our typical time here. So, uh, always plenty more to talk about, especially during the off season. So, is there anything you guys wanted to throw out there before we say goodbye? Is this our last recording of the year? I think. Uh, we might be able to do in the last week of the I, year. I know we'll probably. I think we could probably sneak we'll be able at least next another week. one in. Yeah, we probably okay. do one. So in that last never week. mind. Not happy New Year, you bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that shit to yourself. But it's, yeah. I'm happy we did. We all talked about Bell being our number one target. Like I'm, I'm really happy they they did something, and it makes the lineup like really fun, and really like a lot of flexibility and like dangerous and it provides Ramirez some protection, um, which is great. Like your best player can now, you can't just like pitch around them like they did every time. How many times do we see that to lead off oh, in yeah. 10th inning Ramirez walk him, go to first base. Yeah. Good luck. Bell's yeah. after him now. It's, it's going to lengthen yep. that lineup. Um, but both of the, f- signings that we've gotten should lengthen the lineup. Um, yeah. Yep. It's, it's nice because I mean, you, you could, you, they could do nothing the rest of the way and you, you'd still feel pretty good. 
about where the team's at. And that's a pretty good thing. Like, I love that they did it quick where they were like, this is our guy. Yeah. They tried to get a Brayu. They were like, okay, didn't work. <laughs> Let's get Bell done. Um, and now they can have a, now they're operating from a position of like, let's let's see how things shake out we can like maybe throw a few trade talks out there but if we went into next season looking like this we'd still feel pretty good about where we're at and that's a and good I, fun I position think, to be in i really truly believe that there will be maybe not a monumentous trade but i feel like there's going to be a trade before before uh, spring training breaks. I was about to say before spring training even occurs, but injuries, you know, if something happens, suddenly a team gets desperate. Oh, hey, Zach, please, as our number four doesn't sound so bad after all now. Boom, there we are. And, and we can make a trade. Um, Fab's, Fab's really nailed it with, with the Bell signing. You know, we addressed it. We got him. Um, like I said, it lengthens the lineup. Um, like I said, I still think there's a trade to be made. I still think there's probably another signing or two to be made. Probably not as splashy. Um, I did look at some projected value of contracts for your boy Brantley, Stephen. Yes, uh, just over just over eight million dollars is the projected eight contract. million a year. Yeah. Oh my God, Joey Gallo! You know Joey Gallo pushing nine. Give me either one God. of those two guys for two years. Wow. Yeah, I'll take it. I'm talking about under twenty million. That's incredible for, for those yeah, guys. Under, oh yeah. And wow. then the last yeah. thing I'll say is Fab's brought him up, but you know a reunion with uh, Hedges wouldn't be bad. And um, I'm a fool for not. You know, penning in my last bullpen spot because Brian Shaw's still available, baby. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> There's a signing we uh, are eagerly waiting for. I'm oh, it's a minor league I, invite. A minor Spring league invite. invite. And he becomes our uh, bullpen pitching coach. Player coach. Do it. Okay. <laughs> All right, if yeah, well, that's him, true. Yeah, if we'll... not him, Ali Perez. Oh man, didn't he? Go, he went down to like. Didn't he go down to like Mexico, Mexico or something? I think I think he went back home and is pitching in Mexico. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Or no, yeah, he's in. Yeah, he's in Tijuana. Yeah, yeah, he's in the Mexican league. So I have to go to check his stats and see what. Uh... <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, man, forty-one, still going. I love it. Um, okay. All right, good. Uh, all right, well, we will certainly be back um, with uh, more for you guys as the offseason continues to move on, including the fact that Ali Perez, your boy, had a 2.08 ERA in the Mexican League in the last season. <laughs> so, in 18 games! My goodness. Oh, bring him back. Bring him back. Let's go. All right. Now I'm That's intrigued. the same league uh, Brendan Fraser's character was in in, in the scout. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's that's how you know it's good. I do want to press back. 
We got to, ooh, the scout. Fabs, we got to, we got to do that for our uh, other podcast. Oh, absolutely. Um, all right. Sweet. All right. Well, good. Well, uh, we will be back with more as the offseason unfolds. Um, hopefully with some more news for your beloved guardians and be sure to check us out on social as always at Calpino pod. And we will catch you guys later. See ya.